This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. It's Fit Nation. How you got into your business and uh, what shaped you to get started? Yeah, yeah. So really what kicked me in the pants was was getting pregnant with my son. But prior to that, I spent about a year and a half in my business um, dabbling. I... I came up with the idea for crown yourself as a holistic coaching methodology on my honeymoon back in 2014. I had just been bought out of my e-commerce company back in 2014, literally three weeks before I walked down the aisle to marry my husband. And then we jetted off to Italy and we're staying at this little Airbnb and we were testing out our, our, we were, in the, in the throes of experimenting with how we wanted to live our life. And we, we had already said early on in our relationship that we wanted to travel the world and live in different countries for different periods of time. And so our honeymoon was our experiment of six weeks of living in Italy in an Airbnb. And during that time, I was questioning, well, like, what do I do when I get back? I no longer have the company that I had been president of for two years. And so like two entrepreneurs do on their honeymoon, we were brainstorming over way too many espressos. And I was looking at all these passions that I had from health to fitness to screenwriting and, 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 and to pageants. And I've had success in all areas. Like I'd gotten my screenplay produced and distributed um, my first feature film. It's on Netflix. It's about motocross. Like no one thinks <laughs> When you see me and you see that I wrote this film, like it's it it really is a disconnect because it's I had to I had to do a lot of research into the world of motocross, but um, I had I was a screenwriter, I was a Pilates studio owner, I was a Pilates instructor for thirteen years, and I'd owned an e-commerce company, I'd co-owned it with my business partner, and then when. Uh, we were selling a back stretching device to help people with their back pain. So I've had this variety of, of career pivots that didn't really make sense logically. Um, but they always made sense in the moment with following my curiosity. And so we were just putting all these ideas together and I'd done pageants and I'd always wanted to write and I didn't really know what coaching was, but I, I, had seen it. And I was like, well, it's kind of like what Marie Forleo does. And that's on like YouTube. And I, I wasn't quite sure. Um, but I, I leaped off the couch and I said, crown yourself. And my husband's like, what's that? And I said, I don't know, but that's my business. And, <laughs> and so I immediately got to work 
on um, building a website and buying all this fancy film equipment that I didn't touch and didn't have any idea, didn't have any clarity as to where the direction was that I wanted to go with it. And so for a year and a half in my business, I was very much dabbling and I was in what I call productive procrastination where I was spinning my wheels doing all the things, posting occasionally, occasionally blogging, you know, doing the photo shoots, but never really feeling like I was stepping into my power, never, nor was my business making any money. But I had business cards that said CEO on it, which was, you know, fancy. Um, Because everyone wants to be the company of a company that's making no money. Uh, (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, right. And so... Then I found out about a year and a half in, um, I, I, I looked at my life and I was not happy with my finances for one and with my mindset. I knew that the struggle in business that I was facing and the struggle with my, with bringing in money was a hundred percent directly tied to my mindset. I just didn't know how to get out of it. I didn't know how to shift it. But I know I, I, I know I could because I'd done it before. Because when I was 22, I reprogrammed my mindset from 10 years of being bulimic to being completely transformed, loving my body. So I knew I could do the same 180 with my business. I just didn't know how. And then I got the kick in the pants when I found out I was pregnant. And <laughs> that suddenly rocked my world. And I said, well, it's not that I don't know how it's that there's, there's, we're burning all the bridges and that I'm just going to figure out how. So I stopped living by this. I don't know, lack of clarity, gray area, blaming other people for for my problems, blaming my former business partner and all that. And I instead really stepped into my power and said, okay, I'm going to figure it out. What do I need to do? And so I immediately signed up for this, uh, NLP certification course along with my first coach. Um, Within two weeks, I was driving across the country to Vegas to get certified in NLP, timeline therapy, and hypnosis. I said, I got to figure out this mindset and a thing. I got to figure it out quick. Uh, I didn't have the money at the time. I was $35,000 in debt. I figured, what's another five grand for this program (laughs) since I'm already 35 in debt? Um, And that program changed my life. And by signing up for that and by leaning in, it was, it was not just the program. The program had massive value, of course, but it was me choosing and deciding to lean in and burn the boats. Like there was no other way. I was going to figure it out. There was no more dabbling or vacillating or blaming or, you know, pointing fingers at like, I really want to be over there, but I don't know how I'm like, you got to get in the freaking boat and you got to take it across to the other shore, burn it, and then keep going. And that's what signing up for that program did. Because once I came back, I then had the confidence to start doing those things in my business that scared me, which really is what holds most people back in their businesses, is when they're stuck in the cycle of productive procrastination and overwhelm and 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 they're not really seeing traction, it's probably because they're lacking courage on doing those few, those few things that really move the needle. So for me, that was putting myself out there as a coach. That was having sales calls. That was um, 
that was that whole process of, of understanding and putting myself out there and putting myself at risk of being turned down and rejected and judged and still saying, I'm going to move forward. I, I know what I bring to the table. I know I can serve and allowing myself to serve from that space. And I got my first $2,000 client within a couple months, got my first $5,000 client within a couple months after that. And then it just kept on building and building to now being able to literally be living the dream that my husband and I set out back on our honeymoon of living in a foreign country for a whatever amount of time <laughs> duration. Currently, I think we're going to be here for about three years in Australia. Um, and then we'll see where we go from there. And it's it's been great because now my husband gets to study chef school. Like he's always wanted to be a chef. It's always been kind of a fun, like, wouldn't it be nice if, if we had the time to do this? And in order to stay in the country, one of us had to go to school. And I said, why don't we just, if you're, we're going to go to school, why don't we just do it for something that we love? And I said, you know, you've always wanted to become a chef, so let's do that. And my business wasn't a place to, to, to be the, the main business of our family. And so he was, he's going to school to become a chef and, and learning that skill set and mastering that thing that he loves. So it's been, it's been such a fun ride, not without its challenges, of course, especially doing it while pregnant and raising a baby. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I like to say I had twins. Oh wow! And you put a well, lot on no, no, no. <laughs> I had I had twins. I had a business and a baby, and they both are yeah. in their toddler years. <laughs> so <laughs> now I've got another one on the way. So we'll see when he decides to show up. And what happens at that point? <laughs> well, kids are like my rocket fuel. So I figure that uh, it took my first son to get me to multi six figures. This one's just going to take me to seven. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> And probably get you a you know your own seat at the the big table while other people are doing everything for you at that point. We shall we shall see we shall see <laughs> we shall see what what transpires and what manifests. But I truly believe that it is because you create the life, and you really lean into the creation of the vision and having a clear vision, having that clear like the vision for us living abroad and traveling and having a business that supports it. That's always been the vision. So that clarity of vision combined with, you know, saying yes and having the courage to say yes to the opportunities that came along, like, especially with the opportunity to stay in Australia, like that was a gut nudge that we just, my husband and I, we just played with the idea for a few days. And then we're like, actually, that sounds really cool. Like we could stay here. And so he thought it would be for a few weeks. I thought it would be for a few months. And now it's turning out to be for a few years and that's fine. I mean, it's, and, and every time I check in with my gut, it's the right decision. And it of course hasn't been without its challenges. Like my, my dad passed away in, in January and I wasn't able to go home and, and be with him over, over Christmas when he was sick. And, and at the same time, I know that I made the right decision to stay. In fact, my mom didn't said I was not even allowed to go home. She's like, you live in paradise. You are not allowed to go home. There's nothing that you can do. Um, because of the COVID restrictions, we couldn't even be at the hospital with him. So it's, right. um, 
yeah, it is, it is what it is. And, and I miss him very much, but I know he's, he's cheering me on from the next, the next realm. And he, he, like, I made this choice to stay here out of love for my family and out of the vision of what we're, what we're building together. And so it's not without its challenges, but you keep, when you keep going back to that vision, that really is the guiding light. Exactly. And uh, I'm sure he's looking down and you have all your memories of growing up with him and all the advice and uh, tidbits of knowledge he shared with you growing up. And that's always going to be there forever. And it's better not to have seen him in his worst, worst state so you can remember him in his best state. Well, I saw him in his worst state in many ways because my dad was an addict for most of my life. So, <laughs> so the... I mean, my relationship with my dad was very complex. Um, he also, he was one of my greatest teachers and he was always my, uh, one of my greatest inspirations with entrepreneurship. Cause I saw that if, if you could build a multi-million dollar company with the addictions that he had, then I could do it too. <laughs> so uh, so wow. I, I, I saw that possibility, um, yeah, so it, it's like my my dad taught me a lot, and through his through his death, it definitely also freed me in many ways because that cycle of addiction and and those those patterns that are formed with growing up with an addict of like what's gonna happen like is the other shoe gonna drop? Which dad's gonna come home? Is it gonna be the sober one? Is it gonna be the really cool one? Is he gonna ha- have to go back to rehab again? And like that whole, that whole cycle of my, of my life is done. So really it, it, in, in many ways, um, is a gift like, and it's, and I, I like to think that it's, that my dad kind of knew that it was his time to, to, and it was a, it was a way of showing love. It was, it was kind of mercy in a, in a way. So, and that's, yeah, it, it was. It was just your yeah, mindset. Was, and all this is awesome. Yeah, it took me it. about. It <laughs> took me six months to get here for the yeah. for that one, for sure. Because that one, that one really hit hard and hit home, and I miss him very much in many ways. He was. He got sober from alcohol about four years ago after I staged his intervention. And from that, he was a fantastic grandfather. So, and it was great to see him in that space again and have those four years of sobriety. So I got to have that as, as my last few, few years of memories, which was the best. So there is good in there too. See, we've yeah. got to find the good. So that's, that's what we have to do in life. And yeah. You, pushing to start this podcast was just off a whim. And I think it was December. I was sitting there after sitting around for about what is by that time, eight months of basically working from home and only seeing humans every once in a while. I said, okay, I get people talking. So I said, I can share my story and other story stories. So I did a lot of research on YouTube and stuff on podcasts. And this, this was born in February. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Like I know the I know the amount of work that goes into producing a podcast and and what goes into sustaining it and growing it and it's you know it's a 
it's it's a fun thing to do and it all there's also a lot of work and challenge and things that go along with it so congratulations it's a huge accomplishment thank you it's like having two full-time jobs now (laughs) yeah yeah my wife my wife laughs at me because i i had started my phd in the in the fall so it really took a lot of my time as well so i had about eight hours of free a week so i decided to do this to encapsulate everything else i had during my week of time so, oh, no, yeah. I'm... Yeah, why not? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So I see, I see in your pictures with your uh, motocross, your motocross uh, movie set there. I see Danny Trejo. He's one of my favorite mm-hmm. actors. And you got to have oh, him really? there. Yeah. Yeah. He, That's was awesome. in, he was in our film and really nice guy. <laughs> really, He's not really. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's really really sweet, and That's he has awesome. a, a a very good heart for for charity. I about a year later after our film was put out, I I was at a charity event with him, and yeah, it was just really good heart. Now, does he ride bikes in the movie, or is he just a a dad or something? <laughs> no, no, he is a he's a he's a gangster drug dealer in it. <laughs> <laughs> So one of his it's normal kind of, roles. <laughs> so what? One of his normal roles. Yeah, you know. Convicts. Gangster. <laughs> He's a gangster with 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 some guidance. With um, for the for the main characters. Yeah. So it I mean, and writing that movie, like, it didn't originally start out as being a motocross movie, because I knew nothing about motocross. But it was about the the bro culture for one. And I did I was dating a bro at the time that I wrote it. And um, when my director came to me to write it, and, well, actually, he came to me to produce it. And I said, do you have a script? And he said, no. And I said, well, can I write one for you? And he said, well, I guess so. He said, write 10 pages and I'll pass it off to the executive producer. And the storyline really was, it was just a kid who wants to fit in them with the cool crowd. It was a kid who wants, wanted to get in. And, and we've all experienced that story. There's a, there's a, a, I forget, concept or a theme or I, I forget what it's called. Um, but there's, there's only about seven stories. If you really break down every movie that's ever been made, there's really only about seven stories that have ever really been made. Um, and one of them is the, the desire to fit in with a cool crowd. And so I wrote a story about that and I wrote 10 pages and, it, I passed it off to the executive producer about three guys. And it was like a scene with three guys walk into a strip club. And I got the notes back that like, how do you know how men think? And I was like, Oh, it's three guys in a strip club. It's not really hard to figure that one out. Um, <laughs> and, and my, my director said, well, let me co-write it with you. And so we, we bounced drafts back and forth. And, and then by the fourth draft metal militia came on board and said, we'll do your branding if you add motocross in. And I said, Yeah. So they were going to provide all the, the gear and the clothes and, and all, all the wardrobe. And so I, my director calls me up and he says, do you know anything about motocross? I said, nope, but there's YouTube. And so I spent a weekend learning all about all the things of motocross and riding and all that. And then brought that in. But that was never the heart of the story. The heart of the story is it's, it's a young kid who wants to fit in. And the beautiful thing about that was that 
it was this lifelong dream for me to have a film that gets produced and distributed. And when I was at the premiere, I was surprised that I was only about like 80, 90% fulfilled. And I was like, well, that's interesting. This is like lifelong dream. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm not fully fulfilled. And I had extra tickets. This was when you are a part of a movie, you get extra tickets. And I like, I was passing them out like candy for anyone who wanted to come to the premiere. (laughs) And a friend of a friend, um, a friend of a friend of mine brought her son to see the film. And two weeks later, I get a text from my friend and she said, I just want to let you know that that film changed my friend's son's life. And I was like, wait, really? And she said, yeah, he was headed down the same road as the main character. Start trying to fit in, started to do drugs, started to get into some trouble and he saw the film and he changed his life around. And I was like, that, that is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I don't know how, I don't know in, in what format, but I know that that's what I want to do. And the beautiful thing is, is that like, you can do that in any format. And I think, especially in my industry, in the coaching industry, people get very caught up in personal development and like reading all the personal development and neuroscience books. And don't get me wrong. I'm like a total junkie on that. Like I love, (laughs) I I love reading all that and and learning and learning how the brain works and the biology. And, and I, I geek out at the same time, our subconscious mind speaks in story and it understands in metaphor. And so when someone like tells me that they don't watch any movies or don't watch any TV or don't read any fiction books. I'm like, you are depriving your mind of something so creative that could actually, if it's got a powerful message, really transform how you think. And, and, and to say the caveat and the opposite as well to play devil's advocate. If you don't discipline what you're consuming what Netflix shows, what genres of films, what, uh, what shows you're consuming, then there is a problem there because your subconscious mind takes everything personally. And so it's consuming these messages and it can't tell the difference between something that's real and something that's vividly imagined, which is why I don't watch horror films um, because I don't want that possibility. It's why I actually stopped watching true crime documentaries because I was like I don't need to know who killed so and so anymore um because it was it was impacting my subconscious mind and how I thought and you know thinking that everyone's suddenly like my neighbor's a serial killer or something like that like (laughs) they all are (laughs) apparently so if you listen to enough true crime yes (laughs) and uh we we just had in our neighborhood here we just had something that was just like uh fear thy neighbor Oh my gosh. Stalking incident. And they, my one neighbor was telling me what was happening. And I had just watched that series. I was like, oh my God, I just watched this. I just watched this exact story. (laughs) So, all right, let's stop doing this. Yeah. I think that, and I think it's powerful to point out the the power that fiction or, you know, nonfiction or that entertainment can have because it is storytelling. Like we, we as humans connect through story and that power 
is what are the stories that you're telling yourself? What are the stories that you are allowing into your world? Um, like I'm about to give birth at any day now. And I am very, very protective of my mindset and the stories that I will listen to. If anyone wants to like share their birth story right now, I'm like, nope, no, thank you. I really appreciate what you went through. Um, but that's not something that I need to put into my mind at this moment because I have my vision of how I want my birth to go. Um, and I have that story and mindset is 90% of it. Definitely. That's what uh, triggers a lot of people is having the wrong mindset. And once you get the positive mindset, you can move forward and have your grit and resilience and be successful in those things you do in life. Yeah. And it's not just about uh, just like thinking positive thoughts. Cause I think like so often, especially when, um, when I'm, when I'm working with people who are very, very involved in the personal development world and, and, for some people, the personal development has been like a lifeline and, and a savior for them for many things. So they're scared of actually thinking the thoughts of fear or allowing those human emotions of anger and sadness and shame and apathy and, and guilt to come in. And so there's, there's the one side that is, yes, train your brain and discipline your mind to find the growth, to find the learning, to find the positive, to find the silver lining and accept that you're human and that you have emotions and that these emotions signal something that you value and they're not something to be ignored or squashed or pushed down just because you're feeling them. And I experienced this very powerfully when I, when I hit my first 10K month, which is like a big thing in the coaching world. Like there's, you'll see so many coaches of like, here's how you hit 10K. And so I set my goal as like, I'm going to hit 10K and, and start doing 10K a month in my business. And I hit it and <laughs> I, I, I did it and I achieved it. And then after I was so bogged down with fear and like, do I deserve this? And, and worry of like, can I do it again? And all those, those, sim- those fears that got regurgitated and I struck like, and I went from doing 10 K to like, I had my first $1,000 month in, in, <laughs> in, in years. And my, and I looked at this and I said, like I do with everything. I said, well, that's interesting. (laughs) And I said, well, what was I doing that got me to the 10 K? And it was not focusing on the fear and focusing on the worry and like scared that, you know, being scared that it was going to disappear. It was really trust and faith and vision. And I wasn't allowing myself to feel the emotions of fear. Like I, I was in this bubble of like almost toxic positivity where I wasn't fully allowing myself to be human. And so it kind of all flooded out my humanity of all the fears and anxieties that I'd been experiencing. I didn't actually, I wasn't actually present with them. And so it all kind of flooded out over the course of the next, the month after. And whenever I'm working with someone who has this sort of, they build something up and then they self-sabotage. I look at how often are they really actually deeply acknowledging the present moment of what's going on? Like, 
are they are they presently acknowledging the emotions of fear or of doubt or of guilt or of shame or of anger and are they looking and experiencing those and then processing through those not just like let me think myself positive out of this because feelings trump thinking every time like our feelings can be like a tidal wave to the to the little box of what we're thinking and so allowing for the the feelings and and being able to have a healthy way of expressing our emotions and releasing them i like to think of feelings kind of like the uh like the tide like they flow in and they flow out and i love i'm forgetting the title of the book um i think it's dr jill ritchie uh or maybe that might be wrong but she said that uh, um, she said that she studied feelings and that a feeling scientifically lasts for 90 seconds. The problem is, is that if you don't allow the, the feeling, it's kind of like building a dam that prevents for that emotion to fully go through. And so that dam gets higher and higher and higher. And eventually it's kind of like full, the floodgates open as we've, as sometimes is expressed like that idea of the floodgates suddenly get open and suddenly something triggers you and suddenly like, all of this emotion comes out and it's just cause it's kind of been backed up. Right. So, uh, and, it says you have a uh, two books, like one book out and one book coming out. You want to talk about yeah. either of those? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the start was written actually literally at the start of my business making money, which was, <laughs> I was, I was approached by, by uh, some of my friends and they said, let's, you know, collaborate and put together a, a book and we'll get it to be an Amazon bestseller. I said, great. Um, and it literally was at the start of my business. I still was struggling. So I was literally at the start, but I'd start, I, ha- I was also at the point that I'd recognized that I'd started two other businesses prior. So I'd been able to own the fact that I had owned a private Pilates studio. I had been the president of an e-commerce company. I knew what it meant to start a business. I knew what it meant to have a business. So I went in and shared from that space. Um, and then, yeah, so that, that really is like, if you go back to, if I go back to that book, it's like the very beginnings. And then my, my book's first solo book that's coming out is called Rule My Body. And this book has been my elephant baby. It has been my (laughs) giant work in progress for the past five years. And it's never really landed on how to, like, on what it was. Um, And now just just recently, especially with my dad passing, it really was a a wake-up call and awareness that there are certain things that I don't want to die inside of me. Um, and this book is one of them. And so it's coming out at the end of the year. And this book is all about how to conquer your food fears, take command of your health and crown yourself. So it's not a do this, eat this, don't eat that sort of diet book. It really is how do you take ownership of your body? How do you claim this amazing temple that we have? How do you uh, process the emotions and the feelings and the thoughts and discipline your mind to work in congruence with your body so you start getting the body results that you that you desire to have. And for me, this was how I reprogrammed my mind from 10 years of bulimia. This was how I bounced back very easily after giving birth to my 
first son and and just was in a space of absolute trust with my body and how to build that relationship because we're in a relationship with everything in life. We have a relationship with our business, a relationship with our finances, a relationship with our spouse, a relationship with our kids and a relationship with our bodies. And unfortunately, our relationship with our bodies is one that we can never divorce ourselves from. Like we can try, we can try to disassociate, but divorce is actual death. So how do we really make that a relationship, one that we can thrive in? And that's really what the book is about. And it's for those who have struggled with, you know, roller coaster dieting and bashing their bodies and being really brutally hard on themselves about, you know, their workout regimens. And I think there's a dance between discipline and grace and having the trust that your body's going to produce the results that you want it to produce. And it's, um, I'm very, very, very excited for this book to be coming out and being finally released. It's an awesome uh, title, awesome uh, subject, and I think we'll have a great audience for it. It comes out definitely uh, for Christmas, so everyone can get a good Christmas gift right there. Yep. <laughs> so is there any advice you would give to a young, middle-aged, anyone that wants to start a business right now or even write a book? To start a business or to write a book, I think the first thing is, is get clarity on your intention as to why. Um, business and book writing, they all come with challenges. And when you are really clear on the why of what it is that you're, why do you want to start a business? Because 2020 really unlocked the floodgates of, of entrepreneurship for many people. And people also realize how hard it is. Um, so being able to really get clear on the intention before you get started, like my intention with my book has always been to serve and the intention needs to be greater than your fear. So because you will run it as you up level your business, as you take your business to, you know, from the very beginnings to getting your first customers and clients to then, you know, five, six and seven figures as you start to build, um, the, the, intention behind the why is what's going to be driving you when you face those challenges because there will be days when you want to quit and there will be days when you want to will want to spin your wheels and productive procrastination and not do the actual work that requires courage to lean forward and lean in and it's very easy especially as being your own boss to default to not having the discipline to show up for yourself, to saying, oh, I'll, I'll you know, make those sales calls tomorrow or I'll, I'll respond to that customer next, you know, next week or after the weekend. Um, but if you were in it, like I always like to imagine, like if you were in a corporate boss situation, would that answer be acceptable? <laughs> and typically it would not be. And if you were working with a publisher instead of self-publishing and starting to write a book, would the answer that you don't have your pages done be acceptable for the, you know, the offering that you want to have? So holding on to the vision of what it is that you want to create and the intention and then holding yourself accountable in the present moment, not to the present version of you, but to the future you that you believe that this business is creating you into being. 
or that this book and writing this book is creating you into that glorious future self of who you aspire to become. So that's great advice to give them right there. And I, I think uh, if people will heed that advice, they'll, they'll be successful on their ventures as well. Yeah, it, it really comes down to looking at who do you desire to become through the process and what is the intention for starting? Right. Like what really diving into what is the deeper intention beyond beyond just, you know, I want to write a book or I want to write a business. Like, yeah, that can be that can be intention enough, but it typically it's not for everyone. Like if really starting a business and writing a book and jumping on any sort of um, endeavor is really, it's a, it's the connection to the intention. I'm reading a fantastic book called marathon man about the, uh, the man from the UK who ran 370 marathons in 365 days. And that's challenging, right? (laughs) Like That's a challenge. And there came a point in, you know, around Marathon 300 that he wasn't sure if he could keep on going. And and we all have those moments and we all have those moments in business and we all have those moments when writing a book. We all have those moments when starting anything. And it comes back to why. Why did you start it? What is the purpose? What What is the intention behind it? And for him, it was helping uh, raise money for abused children. And for me, it's always been really helping people transform their stories, transforming the story of impossibility into what's possible. I like to say that I am a warrior for possibility. And so even if I'm encountered with a challenge, I look at it like, how is this growing me? How is this allowing me to see things differently? How is this allowing me to move forward and and be that warrior for possibility and use my story to transform others as far as what can be possible for them too? Outstanding. Uh, Kimberly, thank you for being on. How do uh, guests get in touch with you if they want to hire you or attend some of your courses? Yeah, if you want to work with me or check out Um, All of the free resources we have are over on crownyourself.com. If you love podcasts like this one, we have the Princess and the Bee podcast on all of the bees, the boys, the babies, the bodies, the bank accounts, the business, the belief systems, the boldness on you becoming the sovereign of your life. Um, So you can check out the Princess and the Bee on everywhere where podcasts are hosted. And... um, crownyourself.com is really the place where it's at. So there are tons of free resources, uh, articles, podcasts, and videos that can really support you in, especially if you're in the starting phases of starting your business and start and and dealing with those doubts and fears that are coming up as you are beginning anything. And I would love to support you through that. So check out crownyourself.com. Awesome. Thanks again, Kimberly, for taking some of your time down under to speak with us today and enjoy the rest of your day. And Absolutely. Thank you so much, Richard. And uh, really congratulations on your newborn coming soon and your book in December. Thank you. Thank you. Looking forward to both. Looking <laughs> forward. To-
You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Fit Nation. Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in any industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are... Fit, 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 fit Nation.